Call me, won't you? Written by Alice Althea. Read by Kaylin Wrights. Chapter 11. Monday, July 9th. I had the chance to give them a call, Harry said, flipping through his desk and swiping papers aside in his search. Financial reports all looked the same, sometimes even indistinguishable from the less economically relevant paperwork. I know I wrote a note on the edge of the June report somewhere. Yeah, here, and... No. No, it doesn't look promising. That's unfortunate, Brian said, his scratchy grumble even deeper than usual with his dissatisfaction. It's fine, Harry said. We can manage. Harry, that's a lot to ask. While optimism is definitely a good approach, I don't think we could... I can go out for a visit, Harry said. He shifted the phone to his other shoulder and glanced at his watch. Sometime next week. It was nearly 4.30. A visit? It's been a while. He would have to go soon, any minute. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see how it's getting along and what kids are still out there. Cherie still sends me updates, but it's always better in person. Leaving his study and the mess he'd made, Harry took the stairs in pairs. He swept through his kitchen, snatching up his wand and scrubbing his hand over Jenny's head as he passed. Brian still spoke in his ear, but Harry was hardly listening anymore. He was distracted, as he shouldn't be. Distracted from the care home that he'd funded for years. The care home that needed the support and would benefit from the spotlight, unerringly drawn with a visit from Harry himself, even if he still thought the limelight was ludicrous. If it worked, then it was worth it. But not today. Harry hadn't the time. The care home was important, Brian deserved his attention, and he would definitely receive it. But not today. Harry had left it late enough as it was. Can probably rustle up an email or two, Brian mumbled and Harry could all but see him blowing through his thick moustache as he huffed. If we managed to get the right people involved, we could see this back on track. Harry paused at the side of his dining room and couldn't help but smile. Tucking the thin package that had been sitting in the center of his table for weeks under his arm, he nodded as he spoke. You're a gem, Brian. I really appreciate it. Brian truly was a find though a muggle and utterly oblivious to the involvement of magic in his clients, he worked wonders that his unremarkable visage contradicted, far more than the standard accountant Harry had met years before. Yeah, yeah, Brian grumbled. I'll cc you into the emails. I'll try and remember to check them, Harry said, making an underscored mental note. Promise. Promptly, if you would. I'll do my best. Brian hung up shortly after, but Harry was already through his front door. He was closing the leaning fence gate with too much force within seconds, and striding down the street with barely a wave flung to the children calling him from the opposite side. Not today. A quiver of energy, present since that morning, disabled any attempt to slow his steps. He couldn't wait even to talk that day. Tightening his hold around the package, Harry ducked between the two houses at the end of the street, the two patchy and slightly faded houses that embodied everything about Chancy Street, and apparated in an instant. The Build Me Up Foundation offices were in central London, but not the hub. As Harry peered around himself, leaning beyond the edge of the building, hiding him from the muggles passing by, it reminded him a little of his own neighborhood. 
unremarkable, and just on the edge of shabby. There was a predominance of fluorescent news agencies and corner stores, spaced between grey-walled blocks with shadowed doorways. The businessmen and women ducking in and out were a stark contrast to the kid on the edge of the street, kicking absently in the gutter. The man with a child in his lap sitting on the doorstep of what looked like a bakery. Not bad, but unremarkable. When Harry considered it, he could scarcely imagine Draco Malfoy frequenting the area. Or at least, not the Draco Malfoy he'd once known. The current version was someone entirely different. It was the day. The final day of Draco's sentence. His imposed and unjust sentence that had isolated him from the wizarding world for a decade of his life. Harry couldn't imagine how Draco must have felt. How he must have struggled to ground himself despite the forced ministry placement at a wartime charity. He couldn't imagine the segregation and what he must have thought, how he must have felt when he'd had his entire life and everyone he knew torn away from him. Draco had been a prat as a kid, a bully. Harry wouldn't deny the truth with the use of rose-tinted memories. They'd both been young and foolish, the kind of foolish that didn't justify cruelty, but explained it a little. In their calls, Harry had seen a shadow of the boy he'd gone to school with, but it was a shadow only, a superficial discoloration that failed to hide what lay beneath. Harry could hardly withhold the longing to see it for himself. So long they'd spoken through blind words and text, but to really see. How long had it been? Harry couldn't remember the specifics, and he hated that. Hated that something so big, something that had become so much bigger than the distracted call he'd taken months before, hadn't a certain date. Maybe Draco would remember. Maybe he had it written down. Or maybe he didn't care quite as much as Harry did. Draco was his friend. Something more than a friend, but still somehow the same. But maybe it was different for Harry. Maybe his more was different to Draco's. He would ask, though. He'd always ask. Even if Draco didn't want to see him and sought nothing, if not to return to as much of his wizarding life as he possibly could. When he called, Harry would always pick up. If he called. Clutching the package to his chest, Harry stepped onto the pavement, glancing both ways before starting to the right. He'd visited the Foundation's offices only once to orient himself, but he paused on the opposite side of the road rather than loiter just outside the doors. It was as grey-walled and unremarkable as every other building along the street, nothing but a number indicating that it was even the correct one. Harry waited. His gut twisted and roiled just as it had all day. Propping himself up against the wall, his leg jiggled in incessant taps that he didn't bother to still. His fingers plucked at the wrappings of the package, and he glanced along the street, back towards the building across from him, then in the other direction, before back again. Always back, away and back, and then to pause. It was nearly five, and Harry had no doubt Draco would be leaving in a timely fashion not only because he'd surreptitiously confirmed it, but because of Draco's words the day before. I almost can't believe it, Draco had said, 
his voice thin and strained in a way that Harry had grown familiar with. He could almost picture the expression Draco had worn. My final day. I won't miss it, I tell you, but... It's been ten years, Harry had said. Yes. That's a long time. It is. It's bound to make you feel something. Only joy, I can assure you. Draco's scoff hadn't really sounded like a laugh, and the catch at the end had given him away. I almost can't believe I'll really be free. Free. He spoke of freedom. Harry could only murmur with as much compassion and sympathy as he could manage, as much as Draco would take, for he meant it. He meant every word of what he'd said in his most recent interview weeks before, and he knew he would continue to mean it. Draco would be free, though, and Harry couldn't help but wonder what that would mean. Not only for Draco, but for himself. For them. It shouldn't matter, but it did. As Harry stared up at the squat, grey building, barely daring to blink away from the door, he knew his gut didn't only twist in a fit of excitement. It was more than that. He just didn't want to admit what it was. He couldn't. Not when it should be nothing but joy, just as Draco had claimed. But what if... A car cruised past. The kid at the gutter outside the corner store left. The father and his child outside the bakery disappeared back within. Throughout it all, Harry waited, his hold slowly tightening on the package in the crook of his arm. He could all but feel each tick of the second's hand on his watch, and would swear it slowed with every minute. Twenty minutes. Ten minutes. Five. When the door opened, Harry almost flinched. It wasn't unexpected, was only what he'd been waiting for, but it still jerked him from leaning against the wall. Taking a compulsive step forward, Harry paused with his foot on the curb. It was Draco. Of course it was. There was no way it could be anyone else, even if he had changed. Half a road away, Harry stared at him. He skimmed over the sight of his old classmate, his old schoolyard nemesis turned more than friend, and catalogued it all. The same hair, the same eyes, the same sharp nose and pointed chin. He was tall, maybe even taller than when Harry had last seen him and the muggle slacks and buttoned shirt he wore only emphasized the fact. The same, but somehow different. Draco's face was thinner, sharper even than it had been. His eyes, underscored by faint bruises, were narrowed as he squinted briefly at the clouded sky overhead. The curl of his fringe wasn't quite as refined as it had once been, and his shoulders didn't sit as far back as they had either, not as squared as they should have been. The muggle clothes, the muggle briefcase hanging from his hand, the tie around his neck, loosened and plain, a dark shade of burgundy that threw Harry for a moment before he scolded himself. It shouldn't have been green. He shouldn't have expected it to be, just as he shouldn't have expected Draco to stride with confidence from the office building rather than edge forward in stuttering steps, as though he'd forgotten how to walk. He was different. Changed. Those changes were slight, 
with little that presented tangibly, but they stacked atop one another to create an image of someone older, someone sagging beneath the weight of years that shouldn't have been so darkened, someone that Harry recognized, but only distantly, until he met Draco's gaze. Harry wasn't sure if he'd spoken to draw attention to himself. He realized he'd raised a reaching hand only belatedly. Distractedly, too, as Draco's eyes widened, his forehead creasing in an expression Harry hadn't seen before, and took another stuttering step towards him. Harry? Draco was different, but his voice? The moment Harry heard it, his stomach did a somersault. With a nod, a short breath, Harry lowered his hand and stepped forward. His manager handed him a thin stack of papers. Draco handed her his name badge. That was it. That was the whole of it. No ceremony, no celebration, no mourning. Draco hadn't expected any, and he definitely hadn't wanted a fuss. But the absence resounded like a struck gong nonetheless. It was over. It was finally done. The past week had been both the longest and the shortest days of Draco's life. It seemed impossible, but it was true. Days of working, and then a weekend of pacing his apartment, of taking unnecessary trips to the local grocery, and leaving empty-handed as often as not. An afternoon of staring at pictures of a world he'd been bereft of, a world that was mere days out of reach. Days that became hours. Hours that became minutes. When Clara called him to her office ten minutes before the end of his shift, Draco didn't think he'd ever moved faster in his life. Well, she said, leaning back in her seat, I suppose this is it. Draco nodded shortly. It's been a long time. You've been here nearly as long as I have. Draco swallowed, nodding to herself. Clara folded her hands in her lap. She regarded him simply, easily, without judgment, but similarly without affection or compassion. They had never had any relationship to speak of, and Draco had never wanted one. He'd never wanted anything from anyone at the office or in the muggle world. Not really. Maybe he should have, but... Take care, Malfoy. Clara didn't care. Draco knew she didn't. He could see it in her face that she spoke as a pleasantry rather than with heart. She wanted no more to do with him than he did with her. Even so, that she spoke his name, his real name, as she never had before. It hit him harder than he'd expected. As a squib, Clara was the only person in the entire office who knew who Draco was. That meant something, even if only something very little. Thank you, he managed. He nodded again. I... thank you. Clara frowned slightly. She didn't ask for what, though Draco knew she thought it. She didn't speak another word but to tip her chin in silent dismissal, and Draco took the instruction as the last he would ever accept from her. Thank you. It might not feel like anything to Clara, but that she'd known him at all meant something. Some days, even days when he only saw her as a distant figure in the office, she had been the only solid reminder that his world was even real. 
Maybe he was getting sentimental. Bloody hell, can't believe it, Frank said as Draco arrived back at his desk. Draco spared him a glance as he placed the letters of employment termination into his briefcase. He hadn't touched the case in years, hadn't the need to when there was little by way of work to cart to and from his apartment. Even so, it was unexpectedly packed with papers and books as he'd emptied his drawers, with pens and muggle gadgets he had no use for. What can't you believe? Draco asked, because on his last day, in his last hour, he could manage cordiality to his colleague, just a little. Frank shook his head slowly, a slight smile on his face as he shuffled his chair into his desk. Just feels surreal, he said. You're finishing up. Draco nodded. Been here for a while, haven't you, David? He nodded again. His throat convulsed around any words he might have said. Frank shook his head again. Draco wasn't surprised when he clapped a hand on his shoulder, and he didn't flinch away from it. I know you don't care much for me, but I think I'll miss having you about. You look after yourself, you hear? Draco wanted to reply. He wanted to say that he appreciated it, because he abruptly decided that he did. He wanted to thank Frank, the eternally chatty and tiresome Frank, who had been unwanted company that had been less unwanted on some days, and the only reason Draco had been able to maintain any kind of composure. Some days were tougher than others, but Frank never seemed to think so. He never seemed to feel so. He wouldn't miss the Build Me Up Foundation, and there was much of his isolation, of the muggle world, that Draco knew he would never look back upon with fondness. Frank, though? He wasn't a friend but a part of Draco regretted that he never would be. The thanks remained caught in Draco's throat, but he managed to swallow and force out a feeble alternative instead. Take care of yourself, Frank, he said, an echo of Clara's words. It sounded different in his own voice. The catch at the end certainly hadn't been Clara's. Frank's smile widened. He squeezed Draco's shoulder. I'll be sure to. See you around, all right? At Draco's nod, a lie, but almost unfortunately. He gently nudged him a step backwards. Off with you, then. You got a celebration planned for yourself? I don't know what you're thinking of for a Monday night, but I'm sure you can find some place to have fun. Draco met his gaze one final time. Kind people were often stumbled upon, a dime a dozen but he thought he might be learning to appreciate the uniqueness of each a little better these days. With a final nod, another failed attempt at thanks, Draco grasped his briefcase and turned from the office floor one final time. He didn't take the elevator. As Draco stepped out of the Foundation's doors into the hallway, he knew it would be too slow. Striding, barely suppressing the urge to run, Draco shouldered through the fire escape and all but clattered down the concrete steps to the ground floor. His footsteps slapped, the ringing echo his only company, but Draco barely heard it. He wanted to be out. He needed to be out. He was free, was finally free, and it didn't matter what Frank had said. He didn't care for celebrations, didn't care that he didn't know what came next, and couldn't bring himself to look back over his shoulder to appreciate the parts that hadn't been quite so horrible as the monotonous, painful, dragging months between. 
Magic awaited. Each step resounded with a promise. I'll be able to use magic. The second the hold upon it releases, I'll be able to use real magic. A dozen clattering steps. I'll see my old friends again. I'll be able to visit mother and father. The thought of Azkaban was terrifying to contemplate, but it was a good terror. A possible terror. I'll go to the manor, even if it's not mine anymore. I'll travel to the estate in Paris just to see it. I'll go to Diagonale, be able to see Gringotts, get a chance to see everything for myself, what I've only seen in pictures, in Harry's pictures, and... Draco paused at the bottom step, his hand on the door. Harry. He didn't know what lay ahead with Harry. He was almost scared to consider it. The possibilities were both endless and entirely out of his reach. The one piece of the wizarding world that wasn't purely within his control, and just as much as he could push himself to grasp. Harry was above and beyond him, further now than he'd been at the end of a phone call. It stung like a burn straight to Draco's chest. His hand clenched around the door handle, quivered for a moment, and then clicked it open. Later. There was possibility, later. And Draco would do his best to reach for that, too. Striding through the foyer, across carpet so thin it was barely carpet at all, Draco's legs all but sagged. A flight of stairs wasn't long enough for reality to truly sink in, and he could hardly breathe as he strode towards the door. The exit. The end of everything. It should have been momentous, with fireworks sparkling and magic flaring, celebratory exclamations spoken. But there was nothing. Nothing but Draco's muffled steps, and when he stepped through the door, it was into an evening that felt strangely... empty. A car passed. A voice called from down the street. The distant sounds of the city, hidden behind blocks and cluttered roads, echoed in Draco's ears, yet it rung strangely hollow. Shuffling forwards, his grasp upon his briefcase the only thing that felt truly real, Draco raised his gaze skyward. The clouds were gray, darkening towards night, yet somehow looked utterly different to when Draco had left them that morning. The sky blurred, a thickness rising in Draco's throat as he squinted, and it was a struggle to thrust the upwelling inside. A struggle to withhold the sob that scrambled to be free, to fling his briefcase into the air and spread his arms wide in a declaration of liberty. Shoulders hunching slightly, Draco took a deep breath, stepped towards the road to cross, and jerked to a halt. It was a miracle his final grasp on the briefcase of reality didn't fall in a scatter of useless papers. It had been years since Draco had seen Harry Potter. Years of nothing but newspaper clippings that he avoided even a glance at, because Harry was someone. He had something. And both were concepts that Draco was deprived of. He remembered them, though. He remembered each of them, because he couldn't help but flick through those old papers and magazines he'd kept stacked in his wardrobe for years his only tie to the wizarding world. He'd peered at many of those pictures over the past months. It was different in person, though. Different with the vibrancy of color and life and... and closeness. 
Harry's hair was a mess, but it always was. It always had been. A little longer than he'd worn it at school, the curls were more pronounced, looping over the frame of his glasses. He was dressed like a muggle, in jeans and a simple shirt, half hidden beneath a thin jacket. Older, visibly tired, yet with an intensity in his gaze as he stared at Draco. It was familiar, in being so reminiscent of the photographs Draco had seen, the most recent from his interview that had been released barely days from Draco's birthday. Nothing had changed, yet everything was so vastly different nonetheless. Harry. The word slipped out before Draco thought to withhold it. Harry flinched slightly, jolted from stillness, and the hand raised before him, in a frozen wave, perhaps, tucked around the thin package he held in the crook of his opposite arm. For a moment, a split second, Draco thought there had been a mistake, that it was an accident. Then Harry was striding forwards, sparing only a cursory glance for the road and approaching cars, before hopping up onto the curb before Draco. He stopped barely a step away, met Draco's gaze and opened his mouth to speak, before pausing. He tried again, paused, and then offered a small smile that was absolutely nothing at all like anything that Draco had ever seen from him. Hi. Something so simple, so small, shouldn't have such power to rock Draco where he stood. It was the same voice he'd heard so many times, the same word caught through a phone line, but it felt so different with Harry before him. So different, and much better. Draco couldn't reply. He stared at Harry, stared and absorbed, for though at a distance it hadn't seemed like much, there were changes. Vividly apparent changes in the way Harry's eyes looked heavier than Draco had ever seen them, regardless of how intense they were. How, despite his smile, there was the slightest touch of a frown to his brow. He was smaller than Draco remembered. Harry had always been just a little shorter than him, but it was different to see and to feel that difference. Maybe it was because of the pictures— because of the words that Drago had read in Harry's voice and felt to his core with how hard they struck him. Even as children, he'd always felt like something bigger, something more. Directly before him, peering up at Draco almost tentatively, he looked human. Far too human and far too real. Somehow, it made Draco's reality even more surreal. For all the words he'd spoken, all the calls he'd made over the years, and even all those he'd shared with Harry, speech seemed to have abandoned Draco. He stared, and that was about all he could manage. He tried to utter a word, just a single word, but all he managed was an aborted attempt when he realized he couldn't open his mouth without his lip trembling. Harry didn't seem to care. If anything, his smile widened slightly. A small, almost gentle thing. He tipped his head and peered at Draco in a way that wasn't captured in Draco's memories or in the lens of a camera. It, too, was different. Was directed at Draco and... Are you all right? Harry asked. Draco swallowed. All right? 
He wasn't sure what he was, but he nodded nonetheless. A bit overwhelmed, maybe. Draco wanted to scoff. He wanted to roll his eyes, to wave aside something so flimsy as caught feelings, but it was impossible. His nod somehow came even more quickly this time. Harry laughed. It was a small thing, too, entirely different to the mocking laughter they'd exchanged at school. Different, too, to that of friends, and Draco didn't know what that meant, but... Congratulations, Harry said, inching forward just a little more, and Draco couldn't bring himself to step back. I guess it fits to say, welcome back. A whisper of a whimper slipped from Draco's lips, and he squeezed his eyes briefly closed. Tucking his chin, he nodded again. Pathetic, humiliating. He couldn't help it. I was going to offer to spend the evening celebrating with you, Harry said, and Draco snapped his gaze towards him. But maybe we can just start with something small. So long as you're okay if I tag along. The humiliation was rearing, growing overwhelming, but for once, Draco didn't care. For once, he didn't even consider who could have been watching from his periphery. That Harry was bearing witness was one thing, one profound thing that had Draco hunching his shoulders even further, but somehow, it didn't hurt. It didn't feel bad. No, it didn't feel unfamiliar. How many times have I called him when I needed him? He knows, even if I never admitted to it. Draco didn't know what that meant. He didn't know how to respond to what Harry was offering him either. He didn't know how he could ever admit that he had never been so okay with anything in his entire life. His first night of freedom to spend with Harry, to return to the wizarding world, to... to... I have something for you. Harry held out the package to him, a brown-wrapped parcel a little longer than Draco's forearm. Figured it's sort of appropriate. You didn't need to get me a gift, Draco wanted to say, words he would never have considered as a child, but now had never felt truer than any he'd ever thought. He hadn't received a gift in ten years, but the simple act of Harry's presence felt like it erased that absence. His fingers trembled slightly as Draco reached out for the package. They were still trembling as he unwrapped it, thumb sliding under the flap and propping it open. Wrappings, a long box, a lid. Draco sobbed. He squeezed his eyes closed again, tucking his chin once more, and let it happen. Pathetic and humiliating it may be, there was no stopping it. Shoulders shaking, Draco clutched the gift to his chest. You, he attempted, faltered through a sob and struggled to peer at Harry again. You've, all this time, you've... Harry's smile had died and he'd taken a step back, but he didn't retreat further. If anything, he seemed to slump a little, something very like understanding replacing the frown that had appeared. It's yours, he said. I guess I was just saving it for you. How? Draco sobbed. How did you? Maybe I just thought I might stumble across you someday. Or maybe it was just luck. Who knows? 
Draco didn't. He hadn't the faintest clue as to what twist of fate had him calling Harry Potter of all people, or why Harry had continued to talk to him. He didn't know why he'd been given the offering of support, of a friend, and then something that Draco wanted so much more, but didn't know if he could ever have. The calls, the texts, the pictures of a world he hadn't seen in so long. The lifeline. Harry had given them all. And now, he offered his wand. Nothing could compare, and Draco knew there wasn't a chance in this or any other world that he could manage even a sliver of composure. He didn't think he cared. Is it that upsetting? Harry asked. What? Harry gestured at his face, so close that Draco almost darted a hand forward to latch onto it, before Harry shrugged a little awkwardly. You're crying. Honestly, I'm not joking. Crying? Draco hadn't even realized. He hadn't cried, truly cried, in so long he'd forgotten what it felt like. It's your fault, he managed, though the words were all but sobbed. Harry laughed quietly. It was nothing like the laughter they shared over the phone, but it was something. All right, I'll take the blame. What can I do to help? Anything you'd like, I promise. You don't even know, Draco thought. You have no idea how much you've already given me. Draco knew he shouldn't want more. He knew he'd been given so much already. But he was a selfish man at heart, always had been, even when he had been forced into something else. But as his nose ran and his eyes flooded, he didn't care. Just one more thing. The Hawthorne wand, his wand, was crushed between them as Draco all but flung himself at Harry. He engulfed him in an embrace, all but crushing him, and Harry was indeed smaller than his larger-than-life pictures, was shorter, was more human, and Merlin, but it felt so good, so good to simply hold someone after so many years. I don't understand you, Draco heard, realizing a moment later that he'd said it himself. I don't understand why you'd... why... Harry made a muffled sound. It could have been a protest, might have been, and given a second more, Draco would have let him go. Except that it was followed by the touch of slower, more tentative hands wrapped around him in return. Not quite as tightly, but they were there. Nothing had ever felt so good. I didn't take you for a hugger, Harry said his words similarly muffled against Draco's shoulder. Shut up, Draco replied. He knew he was crying again, that Harry's jacket would be sodden, but he couldn't stop. Hey, I'm not complaining. Liar. I'm not. Hug away. Better a person than hugging your cat. Infinitely better. Oh, are you agreeing with me? Actually agreeing? You talk too much. So do you. I... Yeah? Thank you. For everything. When Harry laughed, quiet and barely there, Draco felt it through his whole body. Any time. The End